Welcome to the Montgomery County Department of Permitting Services podcast. I'm Gail Lucas, your host. I'm also the chief of the DPS Customer Support and Outreach Division. Joining us on the podcast today is Patsy Warnick, who is the manager of our Fire Code Compliance Team. How you doing, Patsy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Safety is our number one priority at DPS. Tell us about the Fire Code Compliance Team's work. Uh, some people don't even know what that is um, or that it is a part of DPS, not a part of the fire department. And why is it important for all who live, work, and play and go to school here in Montgomery County? The Fire Code Compliance Team came over from the fire department to DPS uh, probably seven years, six or seven years ago now. And our, our number one priority is looking into all the existing businesses that are uh, in the county, uh, typically uh, uh, the commercial buildings, and that includes residential multifamily. And our job is to inspect these buildings and make sure that they're safe for residents and visitors to the county. How does your team do that? How do you conduct fire code compliance inspections? And does it differ? I would imagine it would, but does it differ from commercial and residential uh, building inspections? Yeah, we have a team of 13 fire marshals, our fire inspectors, that go out and they inspect everything from uh, family daycare homes to high-rise businesses. And uh, the requirements for inspection are really based on what the space is being used for. Um, typically licensed properties like uh, schools and childcare centers and anything that needs an annual license is gonna get an annual inspection from us. Uh, and that includes anything that gets a license from Health and Human Services, uh, such as an assisted living or, or nursing home. Uh, everything else we get to uh, as as much as possible. We we are uh, a small staff, but we cover the whole county, and uh, we are looking to make sure that the the, the space is safe for visitors. Uh, is, exits aren't blocked. Lighting is appropriate, um, and and things of that nature. So the requirements vary depending on the type of building and what it's being used for. And we really get out there, uh, if not annually, as, as often as we can. But you did say there were some types of businesses or some types of uses that must be inspected annually? Yes. So there are some things um, like group homes and assisted livings and schools that we get into annually uh, to make sure that they are keeping up with their safety measures um, because they are, uh, everyone's a, a priority here, but definitely the, our vulnerable populations are in those, those occupancies. So every commercial business in Montgomery County or commercial tenancy, if you don't own the building, is required to have an FCC permit. Is that correct? Yes, they are required to have one and have it renewed every year. And when they do this renewal, um, they are essentially certifying that they are uh, keeping the, their space safe. How 
are customers notified about renewals, Patsy? What's that application process? We know it's electronic. Um, and what happens if you don't get a renewal notice? Sure. So there is an application process through our apply online portal. And uh, you can go to the website across the top. There are there's a blue banner and it says permits and you can go to FCC permit and it will take you to our process page. Step by step instructions on how to get that permit uh, applied for for the first time or renewed. And typically customers are renewed by email. It's critically important that we have your accurate email on file and uh, you'll receive an email 90, 60, and 30 days ahead of time letting you know that your permit is about to expire and and it needs to be renewed. Uh, If you don't get a renewal notice, we may not have your email on file, um, but it is still your responsibility. And we do uh, try to make that easier for you by letting you, uh, making the data search option available on our website as well. You can search by address or permit number and uh, find out when your permit is expired or, or any other status, the status of your permit. The fees for FCC permits, just like all of DPS fees, are available on our website. Um, so you can see what the current rate is at any time. What's the difference between a fire alarm or smoke alarm and fire protection system and the FCC permits? You need those types of, of permits as well, don't you? If you have them present. So the FCC permit is a general permit for for everybody, that everybody gets, every business gets, every tenancy gets, every building gets. If there is a fire alarm system in the building, uh, which is typically a, a set of devices that are used to activate an alarm system to notify everybody in that building that there is an emergency, typically a fire emergency. So if you have a fire alarm system uh, in that building, then that's a, an additional endorsement on your FCC permit. And uh, you're required to maintain that fire alarm system every year. A contractor that's licensed by Montgomery County should be coming out to do maintenance, uh, testing, and any inspection that needs to be done. Smoke alarms are what we see usually Inside the units of your multifamily apartments, so in your garden-style apartments, mid-rises, high-rises, and your single-family homes, you're seeing a smoke alarm, and that's that's the alarm that beeps at you if you burn toast or uh, or anything like that. Um, but it is one that you may have outside your bedroom or inside your bedroom, depending on how old the building is. So if you have a smoke alarm and it's typically not tied to the fire alarm system, your smoke alarm should be just your unit or just your house. And you should test that monthly by pushing the button and uh, it will walk you through. The newer ones will walk you through kind of a sequence of the, the alarm that's about to go off. And you should maintain those smoke alarms by replacing them every 10 years. Uh, The new ones last uh, 10 years with the lithium-ion batteries, and then they they expire, and you replace them. Uh, A fire protection system, which is another thing that you brought up, could be a sprinkler system. It could be a uh, 
suppression system over a cooking surface um, and, and a number of other um, systems that are present in buildings. And we have to maintain those too, whether they be dampers or fire doors, things that are supposed to work either passively or, pro, or actively to uh, protect you in the event of a fire. Okay. The state fire marshal has mandated that all residential high-rise buildings be fully sprinklered by January of 2033. How is that going in Montgomery County with Montgomery County buildings? Um, how many buildings would you say are impacted by this requirement? Currently, we have uh, over 70 buildings that are impacted by this requirement. And it is going forward. I think awareness is um, the big issue right now. And uh, we have a, a small handful of buildings that are moving towards compliance. They're working with uh, our, our folks here in the office and uh, coming up with life safety agreements, which are long-term agreements for um, the installation of these sprinkler systems to space out permitting, uh, and, and installation costs. Um, right now, if you are in one of these buildings and want more information, we have it on our website, um, and we, we are happy to, to, to talk to any of the residents and building owners and contractors about installing these systems and making sure that everybody's compliant by 2033. Is the life safety agreement something that folks work out with our office or is that something else? Yes, the life safety agreement is something that gets worked out with our office. The okay. uh, fire marshal and building official will sign it uh, once we have an agreement and essentially says that you'll be installing this system uh, with the deadline of 2033 and you're doing it over the next uh, ideally 10 years um, and that allows permits to be organized and extended where needed. And um, uh, everybody from commercial building to fire gun compliance is on board and in the know of what is the next step uh, towards meeting that end goal of sprinklering. Patsy, you've been doing <laughs> a lot of outreach on the topic of updating the life safety codes. For folks who are not familiar with what this means or familiar with the codes, why is it important that people know about them? Having the most recent codes adopted is critically important uh, so, because they have the newest technologies, the newest research, uh, research and information, and we want to have that available to us to make code compliance easier and uh, easier to attain for all types of businesses, both existing and new. And the code really is the minimum level of safety. Uh, so we want everyone and everyone should want to uh, be at that minimum level. And, um, and that's important to, to that's important across the board. So the codes get updated typically every three uh, years, and we are in the process of adopting the 2021 codes 
and we will have information about that on our website. Typically, we have a banner on our website that has that information of when um, the public comment period will be available, and it's a 30-day public comment period, and we will have the method of how to contact us and a contact person for you. Fall is in the air, my favorite season of the year, and we're all familiar with um, the time, this time of year when we are rolling clocks back, um, and we're all familiar with that adage that when the clocks go back is when you should check your smoke alarm. You said earlier, though, that new smoke alarms are good for 10 years. Is that something we still should be paying attention to this time of year? We should absolutely still be paying attention to it. You may not have a newer alarm. Um, it may only last two years. So we should be checking our smoke alarms, not only to uh, make sure that they're still working and present, but to familiarize ourselves with what they sound like um, and even do pra and practice at home doing um, escape planning and, you know, what talk with your, your family members, your friends about what you would do in the event of emergency, have a meeting place and those types of things. So um, it's important to, to not just check the alarms, but think about the alarms and, and what we would do from a home uh, emergency planning standpoint. Um, they should be outside at least the bedrooms and on every level of the home. If you have fuel burning appliances, you should also get a, uh, a carbon monoxide detector and they have the combination ones that are smoke and carbon monoxide uh, so that you can uh, kill two birds with one stone. So, Talking about burning fuel, let's talk about fire pits. Um, many of our listeners have fire pits, and this is the time of year when many of them are using them. Give us a few tips about fire pit safety. Sure. So we, uh, a lot of people have them in their yards, and that is great because it's a, it's a nice uh, and typically safe way to, you know, enjoy the fall weather. They should be kept at least 10 feet away from your house, uh, just for your safety. Please don't put them on your decks or balconies and um, uh, have a water source available to put out the fire if, if it were to get out of control. Do not burn trash. <laughs> that is one of the biggest uh, complaints that we get is that folks are, are burning trash, but please burn only seasoned wood and, um, and, and enjoy. For our commercial folks, if you have a restaurant or a, a, a brewery or any other um, commercial establishment, these uh, outdoor fire pits, uh, patio heaters, those sorts of things need to be 20 feet away from the building. And um, if you have a tent or yurts or other um, temporary structures, these, these heating sources can't be under the tent or, or other uh, temporary structure. They have to be outside them and away from them by at least five feet. So those are some items. And we, we do issue permits for um, general fire permits for bonfires and other um, 
recreational events, if you're having a, uh, a scout troop meeting or something of the like, and you would like to have a bonfire, we do issue permits for that. And so you can apply online through our general fire permit process. Excellent information. Thank you so much, Patsy. Are there any final tips? Is there anything else folks uh, need to know about FCC permits or fire permits in general? Uh, We are here for you. And fire safety is everyone's responsibility. So if you have questions, if you are curious, uh, if you can't find things on the website, Please just uh, call in, call 311 or, or call into the office, and um, we will get you the information that we can and, and be safe. Thank you very much. Our guest today has been Patsy Warnick, who is the manager of the Fire Code Compliance Unit in DPS. Remember, we are here to help you, our customer, succeed. It's important to know when to get a permit and why a permit is necessary. If you have questions about the permitting process, you can reach out to our customer support team by calling 311 or 240-777-0311. You can also stop by our offices at 2425 Reedy Drive in Wheaton. We're on the seventh floor, and you don't need an appointment to get in-person assistance. Our office hours are 7.30 a.m. to 4 o'clock p.m. Monday through Friday. Again, thank you, Patsy, for joining us on the podcast and for all of the valuable information you shared. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Please check out the DPS website at montgomerycountymd.gov slash DPS to find information and resources to help you with your next project. Got an idea or a question for an upcoming podcast? We want to hear from you. Email your ideas and questions to dps.podcast at montgomerycountymd.gov. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it with others and subscribe so you can get our latest episodes. Until next time, I'm Gail Lucas. Remember, DPS is your project partner.